Exploring the Prophetic is a conversation-based podcast that we want to invite you on this journey into people's lives in every sphere of society where they're sharing how they've heard God and what's happened as a result. I want to encourage you to come join the conversation. And this season, season three, we're specifically focusing on how when God speaks, there's breakthrough actions that happen that would have never happened if it wasn't for hearing from God in the first place. Before and after moments, what would take 20 years is happening in a second because beautiful believers are obeying the voice of God. Come join the conversation. Come join the narrative. God is speaking to you today. Oh, the season's about breakthrough, and I love stories about breakthrough of all types. And usually when we talk about breakthrough in the church, we talk about finances or health or whatever. But I want to talk to a friend of mine today named Ray Leet. And Ray and his wife, Catherine, they lead at Bethel Church in uh, Reading and the Transformation Center. They're pastoral counselors there. And they have a unique way of taking people through breakthrough encounters with God where they just they have faith to believe that God will break through in the moment of spiritual perspective, what would normally take years of counseling and therapy. Now I love counseling and therapy. There's something about having a breakthrough moment with God that can change everything. And they know that, you know, that as a listener, probably because your own life, but I love some of their stories. And, and Ray has been one of those guys who I've sent from time to time, someone like Hollywood actors or producers, directors, and someone's church leaders to him, even though he's up in Reading, sometimes he'll come down to LA, sometimes he'll do it over Skype, because there's just moments where somebody needs key language and they need someone who's safe to process something that's not working in their therapy or is not working in their coaching in other ways. And Ray does identity coaching. He helps people get in touch with who they are in God and then make choices from that place. So unique, but it's not as unique as it used to be because now there's literally hundreds of people who are doing this kind of prayer and breakthrough prayer and counseling from a spiritual perspective, using the prophetic really ultimately. And I wanted to expose you, our listeners, to this because some of you guys have never heard of this kind of prayer model or never had anticipation for breakthrough prayer or some of the issues that you're going through. And I love that Ray, I'm going to ask him to share really vulnerable about his past life, about growing up about um, even you know halfway through, how even recently, just the loss of a house and the car fires. And you want to stay tuned for this because he's going to share from a very personal place of why he got into this and how he's carrying it all the way into other people's restorations. And his breakthrough really is your breakthrough. So I want to invite you into the conversation. Before we get there, here's a couple of offers we have for you right now. Hey, this is Sean Bowles, and I'm going to tell you about an exciting product that will resource you. I had a heart to release a book that would help everyday people hear God's voice, but be able to translate his voice to the world around them. Thus was birth translating God, which is one of my favorite products and resources we've ever released because of the feedback we've gotten from literally thousands of people who may have been burned out, jaded, or just confused about the prophetic or something didn't even know about it. And they read this love-based approach on how to hear God's voice and how to have a trackable, accountable life that's biblically based, that totally takes you on a journey like you've never been on before in the prophetic. I wanna encourage you, get Translating God for your church group, for your ministry, for your business, get it for your friends. It really changes people's paradigms on what to expect for supernatural ministry, on hearing God's voice, on how God relates to us, on who he is and his nature, and how to grow in a really effective ability to hear God's voice. And of course, translate that voice to the world around you. We wanted to make this very accessible. So find Translating God in a store near you or visit our website, www.bullsministries.com. 
Well, today on the show, we have Ray and him and his wife, Catherine. They are amazing. They lead people just through real, I guess we call identity restoration. And some of the things that you do are just helping people to be so connected to God and themselves. And you've, I've, I've referred people to you for years now and it's before and after moments for them. I mean, just some of the language you have, the time you have, the grace you have to take people through process with Jesus is so beautiful. So welcome to the show. Thank you. It's great to be here, brother. So how are you doing? I'm good. You good. know, it's a good day. I'm excited to be talking with you. This is good. Well, I want to kind of go into some of the story of what puts you on a journey of, cause you hear God so clearly and you also help other people identify their own God thoughts, their own, the voice of God to them. And you've done this for a long time and the, and the guys of both inner healing, coaching, you know, deep processing with people. Um, but I mean, everyone who has compassion like that usually starts out because God gave them a lot of compassion. God had compassion on them. Tell us some of your backstory. Wow, my backstory. It was it was a really interesting life. I grew up in a very, very, very wounded and broken home where I I, I used a lot of methods of trying to numb myself and, and keep myself from hurting. I didn't come to faith until I was thirty years old, and oh, wow. I, you know, very confused, very confused boy. You know, just growing up. So it it was an interesting time for me of just trying to survive life and not even really have any hope. I was such a hopeless person. I can still look back. It's one of the things I write about in one of my books is just how dark and hopeless it was for me. But I, I could feel what was going on around me also too, because mm. I think that was the prophetic anointing that I didn't understand. Yeah. And it was just so confusing because like what, what I could understand in my heart was so different than the mess that was going on around me. Wow, and and it was just a really interesting time of not knowing what was going on, but knowing what was happening wasn't right, and and so I, I stumbled through life quite a bit before I, I found the. Way. I think that's an interesting point too, because I think a lot of people like I I always say this I have the statement because I grew up as a Christian, and I'm like I don't know what I would do with myself without Jesus because having the prophetic so to speak you know having a sensitivity to the world or feeling people's thoughts or hearts around me, being a feeler to some degree. I mean, I don't know what I would do if I had that gift turned on and I didn't have Jesus navigating it. Cause when you're going through like, especially if there's abuse in your background or there's pain, I mean, that thing turns into one of the weapons enemy uses in your life versus the helpful, beautiful gift it is in God. So that you said something today that I've, I haven't thought about in a while. Like, Oh my gosh, you, you have this prophetic anointing while you're going through a place of pain and how, that's not helping you to navigate. That's actually creating probably a lot of self-protection and all kinds of other things. Oh yeah, man. That's, that's what I help people with a lot of times too. Cause in my own life, I saw it cause it turns your prophetic gift into divination where mm. you're just getting your information from the enemy. And, and it's just off of the lies you believe that have been established. And then you read life that way. Wow. And it was such, it was a painful mess for me. It really was. What was and, the turning point? Like what happened? Well, for me, what really happened, you know, I mean, for me, it was a prophetic encounter. It, mm. it was just an encounter with the Lord that happened when um, we were already married. My, we, had, we had two kids. You know, my daughter was six. My son was one. We had been married for a few years, and my wife came to, radically came to faith. You know, she had an encounter because she wanted to get the 
the kids baptized so that their lives could be different is the thing. So, so she came to faith. And while she was doing that, I just still remember at one point, I had no faith in God. Oh, wow. Growing up, I had, I had, you know, I'd even tried to make a deal with God or the enemy. I didn't care. It was so bad. I was like, somebody help me. Wow. And it just seemed like nobody was helping me. So I just wrote them both off. Like I was straight atheist for a long time. And at one point after my wife came to faith, I still remember I was, I was in my room and I just, just kind of got real with God for a minute. And I said, Hey, if you're real, make yourself known to me. Otherwise I'm just here talking to myself. And yeah. that was really the whole prayer, Sean. It wasn't, but it was real. I it love it. It's so simple. Real. Yeah, it is. <laughs> I hope people are listening hear that because it's like God's not looking for performance at all. Yeah. That's yeah. I so didn't good. have this perfect prayer. It was, it was kind of flippant, you know, <laughs> like yeah. I didn't even really believe in when I said it, but yeah, I, yeah I was like, so, but within a few weeks, what happened, I, I went into a, a, a vision. It just this one, my first massive encounter with Jesus that happened, but it happened where I was in the basement of our, our house I grew up in, in this vision. And, and there was this fireplace in my dad's office that wasn't there in the, in the house itself, but I was standing in this empty room, fully experiencing this, just like talking to you right now. Wow. And I'm standing there confused on why I'm in, in this empty room and there's a fireplace on the wall, and it's just just kind of completely empty, and I'm all alone. And then that fire starts reaching out for me mm. and starts coming towards me. And, and then the fire itself became like fingers on a hand as it's reaching towards me. And about halfway as it came across the room, I understood at that moment what was happening. And, and it all made sense to me, everything in my life just at that moment made sense in the choice I had before me. And I called out to Jesus in that moment and he showed up. Wow. And I, I, I didn't even understand how to call out for Jesus at that moment. Cause I didn't even really half believe in him, yeah. you know, but yeah. in this, in this vision, I, I called out to him and then he entered into the room from the right hand side, just above me, like over and his light just took over, took over the whole vision it became his presence, and then I popped out of that vision in the same place I was when I flippantly asked God Wow, to make himself known to me. Wow. And I was right in the same place in the same room right when it happened. And just weeks later, and just things changed after that. Things shifted in my life. I wasn't done, of course. You know, I didn't yeah. Fully believe everything and didn't fully live out everything, but things shifted even to the point where I was dyslexic growing up and I could read after that. Oh my God. I wasn't dyslexic anymore. Wow. You know, and it's still just an amazing thing that, you know, like I, I cheated my way through high school. I, I couldn't, I couldn't really read. I was dyslexic and, and you know, now I've, I'm working on finishing my fourth book. It, it's really just interesting how God works. No, that that's profound. I'm going to go back and unpack that vision a little bit because I mean, the list, some listeners might listen to it and go, that sounds so basic. How could that change you so much? But you're dealing with, I mean, I, I'm assuming and I might be misinterpreting this, but you're in your father's room where there's been a lot of pain in this old house. This, this represents the pace of pl- place of pain. You have a hand reaching out for you, which represents your life without God is going to be consumed by the wrong mm-hmm. thing. And then you have Jesus show up and say, I'm here basically to save you. Like his, his love and light fills the room. And so all of a sudden there's a salvation moment of like, I'm different than this. Like I want to pull you out of this place, bring you back to your present, but I want to be there with yeah. you. And I think a lot of people, when they hear this kind of stuff, like 
if they don't if they don't hear the heartbeat of the person sharing, a lot of times it feels very esoteric or like it feels very like mm-hmm. you know metaphysical versus truly spiritual where it's like God's showing you something that you wouldn't have believed him if it wasn't him showing you. And I think it's exactly. so profound that he came in his love when you were in a place of a lack of love at the time. So does that make sense? Is that, do you have any more interpretation yeah. or anything you want to unpack on? No, that? That, that fits it. It was like the fires of hell coming for me and what was before me and the choice I had of of letting that consume me. That's wild. And the, the thing is, it's just I was different afterwards. Yeah. That was the thing that I couldn't. I couldn't explain. What did Catherine say afterwards? Was she like, who are you? What happened? Yeah. Well, she was already like, she was wildly in love with Jesus. Wow. And, and just, it was just a perfect lineup where she was blessed, of course. And then we just like quickly had a feeling and a draw into ministry after that. Wow. But yeah, she was, she was of course excited, but I don't think she was freaked out because she was still in the Jesus honeymoon herself from just coming to faith. She had come just like a month earlier. Yeah. And, it was just a beautiful lineup for both of us to be on track. Wow. So you went from that kind of experience and then you, you guys quickly went into different types of serving ministry stuff, but what drew you to help people through basically their identity and their healing, emotional development, this kind of stuff. What, what drew you to this? Well, I still remember, you know, as I was studying, it could have been part of my rebellious nature, which I, I do think is a leadership gift. Just kind of twisted, <laughs> you know, is what I, I really yeah. think. Yeah. You know, but it was just, I wanted my own message. I just still remember asking God saying, Hey, I don't want to preach somebody else's message. I want, I, I want a message. I want my own and I want to follow that. And, and it slowly became identity was the thing. And, you know, 15 years ago, as you know, that wasn't, yeah, no one talked thing. about it, it then. Yeah. I was, I was, I was straight heretic 15 years ago trying to talk about who we are in Christ <laughs> and that we're righteous and holy. You know, it was You weren't allowed to be anyone you know? in Christ back then. You had to be like a little clone zombie. Like, yes, like no, yeah, you don't have just, everything in you is bad. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah, it was interesting. And I was on the East Coast in a particular stronghold of religious legalism. And yeah. so it, it was an interesting time. But that, you know, in that time, I wanted my own message and we had joined Campus Crusade and we're doing discipleship and we're doing mentoring. But our... You know, our ministry kept growing on its own on what we were doing. But what really shifted for me is when I triggered into a full depression, man. Wow. That's when it happened for me. My my daughter had been homeschooled up until um, she was 15 and she wanted to go back. She wanted to go to public school. So we, we did the meet the teachers thing, yeah. you know, before school starts. Yeah. And for some reason during that time, I... I just remember the thought that like, Hey, it wouldn't have been that difficult for my parents to be involved. Oh, wow. And, and that turned into resentment and yeah. anger. And then it ripped the lid off of all the emotions I had packed away from a kid. And I just, I triggered into a full depression where I couldn't even think straight. I couldn't even barely drive a car. I couldn't interact with people. Well, and I thought I was going to have to go on meds and manage this because it was so out of control. And I didn't even believe in this stuff, Sean. Wow. <laughs> you know, I was just like, just like, just, I remember growing up my whole life was like, just get over it and deal with it. And I realized I wasn't getting over anything and I wasn't dealing with anything. So I was just stuffing it and stuffing it and stuffing it my whole childhood. And what happened is just that just, that was the thing that popped the lid off for some reason. And that's that was wild. what happened where. Yeah, it, you never know what that thing is is that's going to trigger you yeah. at the point where you can no longer perform and deny anymore. So I I I had a close friend 
who heard me share about that, and he recommended that I go meet one of his friends who who does very something very similar to what I do, but he does more in the um, if you've ever heard of Leanne Payne, it's like the sure. Leanne Payne model of yeah. inner healing, and she, her stuff is just amazing. But it's just a little bit more um, longer process. So I went and spent a couple of days down with a a friend, um, my one friend's uh, buddy down there, and just he walked me through an encounter with Jesus is what happened. Wow. And, and, and in that encounter, that's one of the, that's one of the things where what happened there. And I'll share with you during that time, along with everything else, I was able to connect with the woman. My mother was created to be. Wow. And, and oh, I wow. still remember I was, I was in this place. I was in this encounter with Jesus and Jesus was there and I'm there and to get really weird for a minute, just like a younger version of myself showed up and started pounding on my mother. He was just so upset. It was kind of like this area of my heart that just kind of showed up in a representation of me as a little guy and just yeah. started beating on my mom and and just angry. And I'm like, whoa. So I, I wasn't even ready for that because I didn't expect that. Yeah. And and so then I, you know, the gentleman I was with kind of walked me through some forgiveness for my mother. So I forgave her. And, forgave her for a lot of stuff and was able to release her. And then when I released her, she kind of walked away and it was, you know, just kind of a really beat down hurting woman that walked away. And then I was processing with Jesus there in the encounter. And then this woman comes walking in, walking back, this beautiful young woman comes walking back in. I'm like, I have no idea who this person is. Wow. And I asked Jesus, I'm like, who is this? And, and he says, this is the woman. Your mother was created to be. Mm. And I was able to reconcile with her and, and, and actually resolve that pain and hurt in my heart that had been there since childhood that I had packed away. And then I was able to just, just actually receive her as who she was into my heart and, and, and release the pain and hurt from childhood. And that was just resolved. And I actually came home not depressed anymore. You know, wow. I just, I, I can't even explain it. I just wasn't depressed. And, and I could, I could see differently. I could feel differently. And I was like on the ride home, I still remember because I had to drive to another state to go there. And on the ride home, I had the thought that like, hey, if I can be healed, anybody can be healed. And that's what started the process right there. See, and that's so profound because you have unusual faith for people to encounter God in a real way to receive that kind of breakthrough. And it's like, there's that moment because you don't have a necessary formula. It's like just dependence on the Holy spirit to show you and guide you. You have expertise and skill, but there's that place of just believing people will encounter God for their breakthrough. And I think of like a lot of people, you know, you can go to therapy for five years for what you went through. And I love therapy, but you can go through five years for what you were going through for the depression. But if you didn't have that redemptive twist of seeing who God originally created your mom to be, it'd be hard to resolve that. It'd be hard to, cause you ex encountered his heart for her and in her of like who she was supposed to be. And it changed the perspective, which to me, the prophetic and breakthrough is all about perspective anyways. Yeah. It's all, you know, and, and you had a different perspective that you just can't get to through a human psychology means. I love psychologists. Everyone who listens to the show knows I love, it's one of my pet projects is I study psychology, neurology, these kinds of things. But I love the breakthrough encounter. Like, there's nothing that can replace a breakthrough encounter from God. So I yeah, love having you on the show. That's the beautiful show. thing. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, you are a breakthrough guy. Like, you love to lead people through these kinds of moments. 
and and you never know what it's going to be yeah. in that place in that compartment. I, you know, we all compartmentalize. I don't understand that fully, Sean. You know, oh, I, I don't I, think I anybody agree. really yeah. understands the heart. I just know it's happening. But in that area of my heart, that is what my heart needed to be resolved. Yeah. So I never know what it's going to be when I'm working with somebody. What's going to happen? What's going to What's going to be the breakthrough word from God or the breakthrough vision from God or whatever it is. But there's that moment that shifts, that breakthrough, that moment that changes them. And probably most of the time they get it just like you did, but you're just there to lead and to help. Well, yeah. Yeah. I I really, I've shifted the way that I do ministry. I started out doing more prophetic deliverance in my time where I would even drop into their vision and walk around with them. And, and the, the problem I had with that after a while is I was working with highly sophisticatedly wounded people that if I knew wow. anything about their heart, it would shut it down. Wow. You know, I don't, it, w- it would almost be like a violation of, of their heart for me to know anything and they would be done and not want to go any further. Wow. So I had to change the way I do it. So now I just help people interact. Really all I do is I help them get to know themselves and, and give their heart a choice. So wow. I don't, I don't even try, I don't offer healing. I don't offer freedom. That's literally what I offer for people. But there are those moments. It's such a beautiful and really, Sean, I mean, that's the moment. You see it in your time, too, when you're just yeah. giving somebody a word. And it's just that moment where Jesus connects with them. Oh, yeah. But the cool thing is I usually, I usually get to see it in a more intimate encounter yeah. base with somebody where, where even when they're, they're working through and maybe there's multiple layers of religion we have to go through or self-defenses we have to go through. But there's always that moment, Sean, where where they encounter Jesus, where they like connect with Jesus in that most wounded, broken, hurting area of their heart. And Jesus is intimately connected with them and ministering to them in that place. Totally. And it, whether it's Jesus, Holy Spirit, or Father God, you know, and I've seen it all where, where it's, but there's that moment. And that's that moment of breakthrough. That, that's why it's beautiful that you have this, this season of looking at prophetic breakthrough because there it is. And yeah. it's just, I see a change. I see it change and impact every aspect of people's lives. Totally. And I think a lot of times when we talk about these kinds of things or the prophetic, it's it's either the humongous things like nations or it's the or it's the thing as far as like breakthrough to finances or something, which are all relevant. But when it comes to the personal stuff, I remember one of our one of our mutual friends, his name's Justin Stumble, and he's sitting with me and, and he goes, There's something going on with you. I couldn't lose weight at the time. I was having a real hard time in my body and uh, I had had chemotherapy for a parasite I had, and it just destroyed my body. And Justin said, I think we need to press into this, like pray and ask Jesus about this. So we're sitting there, and I'm like, I'm really, like I find out, and I, I hate these moments, honestly, Ray. Like the moments that you and Justin would lead me into, I would be like, okay, I love this because of what it does, but it's not comfortable. <laughs> so, yeah, self-awareness yeah. and God awareness is not always comfortable. I remember I just went, oh my gosh, I hate my body. I, I'm mad at my body. And he goes, I want you to tell your body, and tell Jesus, thank you for your body. And then tell your body, you love your body. And I'm like, and ask God to forgive you for hating your body. And I'm like, that feels weird. <laughs> I don't want to do that. <laughs> but I did it. And I remember I, he goes, what is Jesus telling you? And I go, he's telling me like, because I was in such good shape before chemo and because my body works so well for me and it's such good genetics that that's the reason why I lived. Cause the doctors were shocked. I was the only one on this experimental chemo that lived. Everyone else died on this wow. chemo. And he goes, and, and the doctors told me the reason why you live is because you were in such good shape and because your body served you so well. So I, that, that 
line came like out of that doctor's mouth and into Jesus's mouth back to me saying, I've given you an incredible body that against all odds fought off something that it should have died from and you need to bless yeah. your body and your body's willing to fight for you again. Like I put a body that's incredible, you know, and just cause you don't have the same metabolism and your, your life has changed and the whole thing, don't hate your body. And I'm just <laughs> in the moment going, Oh my gosh. I'm going to partner with joy for my body. This is crazy. And I had this like breakthrough moment where I felt stupid a, a couple of times while I was having the moment, I think because it just felt awkward. But at yeah. the end of it, like I, I heard Jesus, even using the doctor's voice, I heard Jesus show me what he had redemptively made my body to be in the sight of eternity and how I've had malaria several times. I've had a back injury that I was supposed to be crippled from and my body has always recovered. And sometimes it's because of the supernatural, sometimes it's because my body, God made it to be healthy, you know? And so yeah. I'm like, oh my gosh, like, I'm so sorry. Like I had this moment of repentance of going, I've hated something that God gave me as one of my biggest gifts. I'm alive because my body is so amazing. And, and it was just one of those moments where everything changed. And from that point on, I could lose weight. My metabolism, my metabolism changed. I had fuller energy days. It, it was crazy, but it was one of those moments that someone like you, understands like there's something going on that's off in you and Jesus wants to visit that area and you know, you're stuck, but you yeah. don't know why you're stuck. But in one day it changed. Like I'd gone to personal training. The personal trainer cried one day cause he was so discouraged with how his stuff wasn't working for me. I went to a nutritionist. He was sad because it wasn't working. Yeah. And then I went and got prayer and breakthrough prayer. And one day when I forg oh, I repented, forgave my body, forgave myself, repented to God, just like love, like received his love into my physical body and my body works again. Yeah. It's crazy. I see that in all kinds of different ways. You had that with the chemo. But what I see is like, and that's why it's identity matters. For me, identity really matters. And what happens is people will end up identifying themselves in the trauma, whatever yeah. the trauma is. Yes. For you, it was the chemotherapy treatment. It was the so and what happens is when you when you actually identify yourself in the trauma, you will continually live in the pain and the hurt. Of it's that so trauma. true. It's so true. And it's just that shift of understanding. And sometimes, you know, we don't know what it is that's going to actually help us get that with you. It was talking with Justin, you know, with some, it'll be reading the scriptures with some, it'll be having an identity coaching session or, you know, I mean, it'll yeah. just, it can be anything, yeah. but there's that moment of, of revelation from God through spiritual discernment where truth is revealed and your heart chooses truth it's so good. and it just changes things. It's, it's, it's beautiful when that happens. I love that. I love your perspective. Okay. I want to switch gears and I, I, this is a hard switch in the sense of where we're going because you were in the car fires and you guys were really affected by it. As a matter of fact, you lost your house and that's, it's huge. Mm -hmm. That's a huge deal. Like for home represents identity and value. Sorry to bring it up. I'm just trying to paint the picture for our audience. But um, tell me what God did through that season and what what's ha happening now. And because I know it was not easy for anybody, but especially those of you guys who lost, because there's thousands of houses lost, and you guys oh, yeah. were one of the casualties. And it, especially with Christians, because there's I heard some Christians saying, you know, like I prayed and nothing came close to my house, and other Christians are going, <laughs> we're just like you, but we lost everything. And yeah, so yeah. where, where did your heart land on that? What did God show you through it? What are you going through? How have you guys recovered? Well, I don't know if I've landed yet, brother. Yeah, I'll, sure. let you know, I'll let you know where I am. So it all started yet. I just still remember we were coming back from vacation too. So oh, wow. when our house was evacuated, we weren't here. Oh, okay. So we literally got nothing out of the house, oh. you know? So 
We got back here at 11 o'clock in the morning and they had evacuated our neighborhood and shut off the roads to get to our neighborhood at 5 a.m. So we oh, were, man. we were just stuck and literally didn't, we already had our boxes packed and everything ready for, you know, we had our fire boxes ready. If there is a fire because of where we live, we had to be prepared, but we just didn't even have that opportunity. So it was pretty harsh. It was really harsh. And just because nothing we would have wanted to get out of the house were we able to get out. Wow. And no one so, can imagine this would happen. I no, mean, this is, yeah, even if yeah. there's a fire, you never imagine it's like, this was like hell was loosed on earth and it was, everything was on fire. It was, it was in, insane what it looked like here in Reading while that was going on too. It, oh. it was literally the, the red and orange sky looked like a movie scene. It was, it was absurd. And the smoke was so thick and the, you know, the tension here was, was absurd too. And, and we came home and it was, it was traumatic. It, it, it really broke us because we we're holding on to hope. And I, I write about this in, in my new book and I'll, I'll mention that maybe, but, but it, it just, it was a moment where we found out about it while we were watching a video of, of one of the guys that drive around for the fire department, like identifying neighborhoods and what's still standing. And yeah, that was that. when, yeah. yeah, we, we, we actually, you know, found out watching a video online oh. that our house was gone and wow. it just, it just hurt really, really bad. And it started out, you know, with the normal just shock that everybody goes through. But then there was that moment, I got to be honest with you, you know, I mean, God gives me, you know what this is like, Sean, God gives me all kinds of information, all kinds of information. And I was just, honestly, I had to work it out with him. I'm like, you couldn't, have, you couldn't give me a call about this. Yeah. You know, you couldn't have let me know yeah. that my house, everything. That's so honest away. and so, so real. I mean, that's, that's so I, yeah. I really had to work some stuff out with him. And, and, and really that's kind of what started happening with me is, is I try to be honest myself and not paint some beautiful picture of like, I have it all together as some healing minister. You know, that's, that's not the case. We're all stumbling through life, doing the best we can. And, and I stumble sometimes. And that was, that was a real tough time for me of working it out, trying to, you know, all of my son's stuff, he had just come home from college. All of his whole life was boxed up in that house and burned you know, so all the stuff we had from, you know, all of our kids' photos, everything, everything yeah. was gone. Oof. And and so, it, it, as you can, you know, only imagine, it, it really was an impact. And it, it impacted me worse than any other loss I've experienced. And I didn't wow. understand that. I really couldn't understand that. And so, I just kind of started sharing that on, on Facebook a little bit and on Instagram a little bit. And I started getting some feedback from people who what I was doing was was actually helping them. So so for me to process through this, and actually, honestly, you mentioned therapy. I got a therapist. I went, yeah. I had to go and just, I wanted yeah. somebody outside of my language yeah, that I couldn't control. Great. You know, so I got somebody outside of my loop, outside of my, you know, my area of inner healing. And I went to somebody who speaks a different language who could catch me and was good enough to, you know, notice if I was managing the conversation so I went through some stuff there dealing with, you know, the trauma of loss and dealing, went through all the sadness, the hopelessness, the anger, all that stuff. And I started processing it and it turned into a blog. And then now I'm actually just turning it into a resource that's going to be available for people called Finding a New Normal. Oh, I love that name. And, that's such a good name. Wow. And really like, that's one of the areas too, Sean. It's like, I get stirred when I think about this, but. I've had people that have experienced traumatic loss, loss of children, 
massive loss that have been reaching out to me while I'm doing my blog and preparing my book and, and they're being impacted by it and actually getting freedom and healing. And, and I've been able to work with some people through coaching sessions to help them actually get to a place where they can break out of the lies they're believing so that they're able to grieve their loss yeah. and find their new normal. Yeah. Cause I, I don't believe you could be healed from the grieving process. I think the grieving process is the process of healing that God gave yes, us. That's so good. Because we were never, we were never created to experience loss in the first place. It was never part of God's plan. Yeah. So I don't think there's anything in us to understand it. We just have to reset to this new normal. We were never supposed to experience in the first place. Wow. So that's what I, we've I, been I, doing. And, yeah, I just want to make a comment on that because I think that one of the things I really love about um, you guys and how you're sharing, number one, is that you are allowing yourself to be vulnerable, to share it so other people can go through the healing too, to be voice because that takes courage and, and that can be exhausting or it could be fulfilling. If God's asking you to do it, it can be really fulfilling. If God's not asking you to do it, a lot of times it turns into emotional exhibition where it's not it's not life-giving either way. And you guys are doing such a good job. Like, I love your stuff, Ray. The second thing I'm going to say is that, like, I love how God can restore us as though nothing was lost. And it doesn't mean that mm-hmm. we don't have the grieving of what was lost because that's always there. Like, if you've lost a family member or a friend, you you don't pretend like that loss never happened. That's not what I'm saying. But, like, he yeah. he does restore all things to the point as if it hadn't been delineated or if we don't, as if we didn't need restoration. And it doesn't mean there's not moments of sadness or whatever. I mean, we've lost my brother and I've lost a lot of, as far as death, I've, I've lost about nine friends that are key friends in my life, which has been, that shapes you. I mean, that shapes you over time. Like learning how to love and trust love again for a friendship, you know, and they're not going to leave you. (laughs) They're not going to go on, you know, but, uh, those kinds of things. But I love how my restoration of my own life. And I've seen this with many people is that he's such a good redeemer. And one of the things I, I really appreciate about you is that, you just show them off. You just show off God's good nature in the midst of what you just recently experienced. You've already written a book about, and you didn't do it out of a place of like trying to make sense of everything. You did it out of a place of revelation, which I think is so key. So tell us about the book a little bit. Well, really, I mean, it's just an invitation for you to have permission to grieve and for you to be real in your grief. Is, and I just walk through the different aspects of, of what can happen in grief, all the different aspects that are more than just the seven stages of grief. Yeah. I, I go into to really just the different aspects of in, in, you know impending loss or, mm-hmm. or actually just dealing with, with abstract loss, things that you aren't tangible, that you still have to process through that there isn't always grace for. And then just some of the ways that it can look. But then it's also just with a, a reminder of like, hey, if you're stuck and you can't process this, it's okay to get help. It's okay to need yes. help and to get help because uh, w- we need help. We all need help through this. And you don't have to pretend and act like it's it's not bothering you. Yeah. And and just so just permission to be real, permission to mm-hmm. be able to grieve. And and it's, you know, actually I'm working on the last chapter right now, which is the new normal. You know, what is it like? What is, wow. you know, like you said, you just, you described the new normal a minute ago. There's this piece of your life that is gone. And that will not be replaced here. You know, I mean, we're, we have our life, but you can have a redeemed life where you can you can have your joy, your peace, and your freedom again. Because, and that's the reality, the, the freedom, peace, and joy that is a natural aspect of your identity in Christ can never be lost regardless what the enemy steals. Absolutely. So that is what you can have. And that's where you can come back to live. And, and of course, yeah, I still have bad days. I still 
I still get mad at God, you know, and I'll have those conversations with him. That's kind of what it is, too, is giving permission. One of the chapters is grieving the loss of a good God, wow. which is, wow. you know, I know God is good, but I don't always believe that. And then I actually have permission and I give people permission to actually face those real emotions they're having in those places and take that to the Lord and let him meet them there because that's the only way they can get healing of that. Wow. I, yeah, I just think of how much of the world right now, how many mature believers are going through a place of real pain. And, and we don't always, you know, especially if you're in a church bubble where God is good as being taught as the primary foundation, like Bethel, where you guys are from mm-hmm. or with us down here in our church, a lot of times you get out of touch. You don't personally because of what you do, but people will get out of touch with the very real pain people are going through of divorce or of of losing a child or of job loss or financial loss. Or then you go into third world problems, you know, real problems in the sense of like, you know, hunger and all these, you know, disease. And I love your perspective because there is something that as the more mature I get, the more I have to wrestle through very real levels of disappointment, very real levels of care, caretaking my own heart, just get with God, you know, like yeah. these kinds of things. And I feel like there's that, there's that old saying that, you know, my dad was a colonel air force. So to be strong is to, you know, just grit your way through everything and just toughen up. And my dad wasn't actually like that, but that's just kind of the environment we were raised around. And, but the more yeah. mature I get, the more I realize strength is when you can say, this is what I'm going through and be vulnerable and yeah. connect. And I know Brene Brown has some great stuff on it. You have some great stuff on it and some of your materials. But I know one thing I'll say about this is that people can get coached by you, which is amazing. And even our listeners can actually contact you and do Skype or connect you or churches or organizations can bring you in. How do they get a hold of you? Well, I have a website. It's faithbygrace.org. Uh, so faith by grace.org and it's got all our information there yeah we travel we do we do identity workshops i do i do identity coaching i help people walk through really just getting to know themselves and whatever issue it is whatever whatever trauma they seem to still be stuck in or, or self-sabotage or whatever loop of fear shame and guilt that they can't resolve that's what i can help them with is and to you've, actually you've helped uh go ahead Leadership level people around the world, so it's you know of course everybody's welcome. But I've I, I've sent you people who are in the entertainment industry. You know we've had leaders in the church, leaders in just different spheres. And I say that because I love that you have um, you're you're just available for any level of maturity or any level of leadership. Because a lot of times, specifically leaders are people who are influencers feel isolated, and they're the ones I'm trying to get yeah. to you the most because they're the ones who say there's no help for me or I can't find help. And I'm like raise here. Like he's help, he, he can help you. And uh, so I think that's really powerful and profound that you're available. And I'd encourage our listeners, like really jump on this, um, this place of resource that Ray and his wife, Catherine bring. And they, his new book is uh, coming out or will have come out by the time this podcast airs. And I'm very excited about it. And can, pe- people can get it from, I'm sure Bethel bookstore, but also on Amazon and everywhere else. You know, and actually God told me on this one to make this one free. So if you can, it will be available in the Bethel books. I'm sure it'll be available there. Uh, I have to check that, but it'll be available on Amazon. But if you go to my website, nice. you can sign up and get a free copy. You That's just pay awesome. That's amazing. That's such a great resource. Everybody get it. Get on there. Get it. You want to follow Ray and his materials, especially those of you who you need this breakthrough. You need this place in your life to move forward. You are way more powerful than you think, and people like Ray are bringing a perspective that can help you 
realize that potential, realize that empowerment from Jesus and what he does. So thank you, Ray, so much for being on today. Seriously, this has been so powerful. Yeah, thank you, brother. It's wonderful. And I, I appreciate just your love, your trust, and, and, and especially all the people you send me. It's just beautiful to connect with. I love connecting with the creatives, the, the people that are, you know, the, the creative, intelligent people have yeah. the creative, intelligent systems of self-protection, and that's how the enemy gets Absolutely. Them, you know? Which is my favorite so, that you can see through it. I love it. <laughs> yeah, man. I will send so more. So bless you, brother. Yeah, bless you. Thanks right. for being on today. Thanks. Hey, this is Sean Bowles, and I'm going to talk to you real quickly about our Bowles Ministries partnership program. This podcast is made by Bowles Ministries, and it's done because of partners and people who are supporting our ministry, who are equipping us to be able to bring this kind of a show to you. If you're loving hearing these interviews where people are sharing vulnerably about their process, which I think is one of the most powerful things we can do is hear each other's process about revelation. If you're loving this, please Don't only subscribe, don't only review, don't only tell your friends, but partner with us. Be part of the journey. Be part of the sending power of Bulls Ministries to get this message across the world. You guys can be part of our team. All you have to do is go to bullsministries.com, click on giving or partnership. And when you go there, you're going to be part of an incredible partnership community. We're going to resource you. We actually have partnership director who calls all of our partners once a year. We have resources that we send you. There's your very own special partner page with messages and videos that only you can have. But we need you to partner with us if you love this show so that we can actually take it into a whole nother level with the rest of season two, but also going to season three and beyond.